Good afternoon and welcome to the greatest baseball podcast, the Grace Earth, Cheap Seats Chatter. I'm today's host, Matthias Altman, Kurosaki, and with me, as always, we have Alex Clark and Ryan Splashpots. Gentlemen, we are recording a second episode this week. That's a rarity, but that's what the circumstances are this week. How are we doing on this fine Wednesday afternoon? Wednesday afternoon, and it means that we are just one day closer to what the people of Earth are desperately clamoring on for, and that is the Seattle Mariners breaking the 21-year drought and making it to the postseason, where they will be playing against the Toronto Blue Jays in the wildcard game, as it was officially confirmed at the time of this recording yesterday. But when this day, when this uh, podcast comes out two days prior, where they locked up the second wild card uh, spot, taking the fifth seed in the playoffs. How's it going, fellas? Uh, like Alex said, one day closer to the playoffs. All three of our teams made the playoffs, so that's always a good thing. So I'm excited. <clears throat> Watching game 162 last night, got to actually uh, on the U Stadium app. I post a bunch of Braves win the division stuff because I've been crapped on all year. Like just all of the, all of them are Mets fans. So they're like Mets own the Braves, Mets won the division. It's like mid June. The Mets have clinched the division. Pete Alonso was God. And I'm like receipts, 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 receipts. So, uh, and one guy was <laughs> uh, subtweeting me essentially sub posting me. I was like, stop posting about it. The other five divisions didn't do that. Yeah, you're right. The other five divisions didn't do that, but one of them went down to game 161, and one of them was getting harassed for five months because they weren't in first in their division. So thank you very much, and go Braves. Yeah, I was. Uh, so I went to the doubleheader yesterday, Mets Nats, and uh, you know when the last out was recorded in Miami, it felt like there was just a mass exodus uh, in the stands, and it wasn't just because it was really bad weather you know that, that it wasn't just because it was raining and it was cold i think it's because they knew the games didn't matter anymore um and also almost immediately after that uh, that happened buck showalter pulled tylon walker and all of his starters basically he pulled escobar alonzo he, he put james mccann at first base <laughs> basically oh he took out nimmo too uh he took out I, – I forget. He took out someone else. But, uh, yeah, he just basically overhauled the entire team right there. And uh, it was interesting to watch. Uh, I got to watch Mark Vientos play third base. And I got to watch Francisco Alvarez in his first big league homer. That was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, the Mets have won 100 games. So, it's like it, – it is what it is. I mean, you would think if you ask, you know, certain people, you would think they had, like, lost 100 games. But, it, I mean, they won 100 games. It just so happened the season also ended 61 times this year. So that's where we are. But anyways, you guys have already alluded to it, but we are talking the postseason today. We are making our postseason predictions. I say we get right into it. And let's start off in the American League in the wild card round. Let's start it off with your team, Alex. Let's We're going to go to the Mariners facing off against Toronto in Canada. This is a uh, I would do we consider this like a regional rivalry? I know that at least when Toronto goes to Seattle, it very much is, but this is a this is a pretty big series. I know the Mariners haven't made the playoffs since 2001, so their first postseason appearance since then. 
What do you guys have uh, going on in this series? Well, right now, this is the 1977 series. And as 1977 is the year that both of these teams entered Major League Baseball. So I think it's very fitting that Seattle's first playoff appearance since 2001 comes against their their brothers from north of the border to uh, to end out this drought. So this is really interesting to me because it seems really even, which I don't fully understand. I'm still a little bit sad they didn't have the sixth seed. I wanted them to have the sixth seed so they could go up against the Cleveland Guardians. Um, instead, no, that goes to the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. But it's going to be a really fun series in Toronto. First game here on Friday is going to be at 4.07 Eastern, 1.07 Pacific. But I'm looking at this series, and the first thing that comes to my mind is pitching. Pitching is, I think, going to be the name of the game for this series. Taking a look at both of these teams, let's take a look at their top three starters. First four, Toronto. Here, their first starter, obviously, Alec Manoa, who has been absolutely on fire this year at 2.24 ERA and a 174 ERA+. plus. That is phenomenal. Follow that up, that up right next to you. either could go with Kevin Gaussman or Ross Stripling. I'm going to say Kevin Gaussman is probably your best next bet at that point. 335 ERA and a 116 ERA+. Plus. And then Stripling. Here over the course of his season, get 32 games, 24 games started for him at that point. An ERA of 3.01 and an ERA plus of 129. Look at them. Those are three good guys for this kind of series, right? There's no way you're going with, you know, a Yusei Kikuchi. There's potential maybe for Jose Barrios, but definitely not Kikuchi. I mean, putting Kikuchi out in a playoff game like this would be next thing to suicide. So... I think right now you look at this team and pitching wise, they're solid. Look at them offensively. It does not get any easier for Seattle. As right now, Bo Bichette has been tearing the world on fire. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. still has an OPS plus of 131. And they still also got guys like George Springer and Oscar Hernandez who are still playing good ball. So right now, Toronto has to be a potential favorite in this series. Overall, just from how top to bottom, they're getting, that's not even to mention their bullpen, which has been absolutely on fire. You take a look at their top five relievers overall, and of their top five relievers in ERA+, Plus, they got Jordan Romano, Adam Simber, David Phelps, Tim Meza, and Yimmy Garcia, that all of them, between all of them, the lowest ERA+, Plus is 122 for Tim Meza. You have to score runs early for Seattle in that. But now you take a look at Seattle and the idea gets a little bit, let's say, askew. Their starting pitching has definitely been a huge buff for them as well as their bullpen. So it's really going to be a battle of pitching, I still feel. I don't know who they go with in game one. My guess is still Luis Castillo. But you still have Castillo with an ERA plus of 117. Logan Gilbert has still pitched fantastically. And you have the rookie George Kirby, who has been right on his trails. And that's not even to mention the 2021 Cy Young Award winner in Robbie Ray. Still right there and still solid with an ERA plus of 100. Personally, for me, I think Castillo is the game one starter. But at that point, you they at least have 
four plus quality starters that can go on that first one game. Not to mention a bullpen that if I said earlier that the five top ones for Tampa Bay were stupidly good. Well, let me read you out a couple other things from this. For the top five for Seattle, you got Paul Seawald, Penn Murphy, Andres Munoz, Diego Castillo, and Eric Swanson. Between those four, the lowest one is 102 for Diego Castillo. The rest of the ERA pluses, 137, 124, 149, 102, and then an incredible 218 for Eric Swanson. Now look, this is going to be an incredible series. I think this is going to be really fun to watch, and I'm going to relish every moment in it, and I have to do it at least once. Seattle is advancing. It is going to be a, sc- a scary going into it's going to be scary going into the division series, but Seattle has waited too long to just let it go at the first go ahead. Seattle, it it does go to three though. So this is a tough one. Uh, Seattle did win the season series. They won four games in Toronto um, to win the series five seven or five two. Sorry, but. That was before Toronto, like, really hit their last year was the trailer. This year's the full movie from Vladdy Quo. And Bo Bichette had a has a batting average over 400 since September 1st. Danny Jansen, or Danny, Danny Jansen, with Merrifield are OPSing over a thousand since September 1st began. You know, Vladdy is still going to do Vladdy things. George Springer is one of the best playoff performers in the history of the sport. And I, I do think this series comes down to um, one thing. I think Seattle would benefit in a longer series, kind of similar to how I view the Braves and kind of similar to how I be, view the <clears throat> how I view the um, uh, the Guardians, that if you are the Rays, sorry, if you can drag out the series, you're going to be better because you have better depth. So the Braves have a million bullpen arms. Seattle has a ton of bullpen arms and four really good starters. Uh, Tampa has like 17 dudes. They can just throw at you for no reason, but in a three game set, I'll take the George Springers of the world. I think Vladimir Guerrero can have his moment. Bobachet is on fire right now. And that's not to say anything negative about the Mariners. They've had their fair share of um, smoking hot players. And of course, in a three game series, you could get a, a blow up inning or a blow up pitch, like one bad pitch with a runner on second. All of a sudden you're down two nothing and you're <clears throat> frantic. Right. Or I'm going to use a, a Braves Mets analogy. If Charlie Morton allows a three run home run in the top of the third inning, third, third inning and it's six one, the game's over <clears throat> like the game, that game is over. Morton's out. The Mets are going to cruise to a victory. Um, so I will mention some hot bats for the Mariners. Um, Julio Rodriguez has a 1100 OPS since September 1st, six homers. <clears throat> Cal Raleigh, eight home runs, including a pretty big one. Suarez, six home runs. Santana, seven home runs. JP Crawford has one home run, but has drawn 21 walks um, as an OP or an on base percentage of 372. So I will give Seattle the advantage for depth starting pitching wise. Um, I do think Alec Manoa is probably the best pitcher heading into this series. And Kevin Gosman is right behind him. He has some weird uh, FIP versus ERA metrics, but I do think he can, you know, reduce base runners, not walk anyone, <clears throat> but 
I'm excited for this series. I do think it will go the full three games, and I will take Toronto maybe in walk-off fashion a la 2016. Yeah, this, this one is tough because on paper, Toronto definitely has the star power here. And if you go back to the beginning of the year, we all three of us picked Toronto to win the World Series. And, I mean, they had stretches where they looked like that World Series contending team. But they've also been kind of inconsistent this year. We saw that earlier where they, I believe it was they won seven of eight, then got swept by the Angels at home, and then won another seven of eight. Like, they are either going to look like world beaters or they're going to look like the team that got swept by the Angels. There's not a lot of in-between there. So that makes it a little tougher to predict. Whereas Seattle... They don't necessarily have a lot of superstars on their roster, but they have a lot of just overall solid players. You know, you know, where you, you look up and down the lineup, you don't necessarily see. All right, I, obviously there are definitely a lot of there's a lot of power in that lineup. Obviously between between Rodriguez and Suarez and Raleigh, and then you have Ty France who hit 20 homers this year. You know, the the power is there. They also well, uh, or I should also mention, though, that Jesse Winker just went on the I.L. with a neck injury and Sam Haggerty's out for the playoffs, most likely. So that's definitely a tough blow there. Uh, they, I mean, they 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 have the pitching, though, to line up with with Toronto. And I, I know that Manoa has been a Cy Young candidate this year. I don't think he's going to win, but he's going to get consideration. You know, you're probably going Castillo. No, no, I it, It's tough, but for that second spot because I think George Kirby definitely gets a spot in the rotation and you, you could go with the more experienced guy and Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray has pitched in the postseason before, but his numbers aren't as good as the other, uh, as Kirby or Logan Gilbert. So you're probably going Castillo and then Gilbert and then Kirby. I think maybe they go with Ray because he's the veteran, but that that's a pretty strong one, two, three. Toronto's pitching staff, there are some guys, you know, obviously there's Manoa, but then you have Jose Barrios who had a very disappointing year. And after that, it's just, it's, it's a lot of question marks in my opinion. Like I, I'm not sure if Ross Stripling necessarily is cut out for the postseason. I think Kevin Gosman could be, you know, I, I, Gosman had a pretty solid year uh, and he's pitched in the postseason before too. Heck, he pitched in the postseason last year. So you have Manoa and Gosman and then that third game, you know, that third starter, it's, uh, in my opinion, it, it's, I think Seattle would benefit in a three-game series. The bullpens, I think, are pretty evenly matched, both very good. You know, I, I know Toronto has their shutdown closer in Jordan Romano. Mariners don't exactly have a named closer. I know that Seawald led the team in saves, but, you know, you've seen Andres Munoz get some save ops. You've seen Diego Castillo and Eric Swanson get some. So, this is tough because, like I said, the Blue Jays have the star power. The Mariners are more of a scrappier team and aren't as, I'd say, top-heavy. I'm going with the Mariners here. I have the Mariners winning in three games. Uh, hey, guys, any, any other thoughts on this round? Yeah, I've got a few more things I kind of want to bring up when it comes to this. Uh, first of which... Uh, how dare we not say the legendary Luis Torrens uh, pitching for us as he will now be leading the bullpen at taking over closer duties. Uh, no, but I do think overall that the bullpen is going to be a strength. And honestly, what you brought up there, Mac, about the uh, 
not having one defined closer. I actually think that's kind of a that's kind of a good thing for Seattle at this point that they have all these different guys that have save experience and are not going to be intimidated by the ninth inning. I agree a little bit about the starting pitching. I if I if it if I had my way on this, my starting pitching rotation for these three games would be Castillo number one, Gilbert number two. Or Gilbert slash Kirby for number two. And then in game three, I'm trusting veteranship and I'm going with Robbie Ray. But um, all in all, there's really not a bad option at that point. Um, I'm looking at you, you brought star power, and yeah, that's fine. And all, that's all good and dandy. I still think that Seattle's proved this year that it doesn't matter so much the names as much as can you play. As we've seen guys like, again, Sam Haggerty was a huge. Huge person for sale. And honestly, that's going to be, I think, a huge problem for Seattle is not having Haggerty because now you don't have the stellar defense in the outfield. You don't have those wheels that you could put out anywhere. And he was a guy that when he got injured, everyone hushed silent. The entire team was silent because they even the team knew how much he had helped that team. So I think having him miss out on the playoffs is going to be a lot bigger than people think especially if that means having Jesse Winker now play the outfield more consistently, which I think 0% of people want to see. So overall right now, again, first off, just please good healing hopes for Haggerty. I know he's probably not going to play in the postseason at all, but those kind of injuries are always really scary. So just hoping to avoid surgery for Haggerty, but I'm still taking Seattle. I understand what you got going on here, Splash. And yes, the offense for Toronto is scary. It is very, very, very scary. But I don't know. Something about what I've seen with Seattle, call it a homer pick, call it whatever you want. But something that I've seen with Seattle is that this year, they have played better against winning teams than they have against losing teams, which shows a little bit more odd bits about what this team can really do they show up for the big moment they show up against teams that it really matters for and that's what the real key here is going to be yeah i I think you have a fair point there and i will say that if this was a alds or alcs i would lean mariners with the depth with the you know, the number of pieces, the way you can deploy your rotation, the way you can deploy your bullpen, uh, the number of utility pieces. Um, but I do think it's going to be a great series. And this is one that I do think having home field for all three games is going to matter. I There's going to be what up to 12 wild card round games. I think at least two or three are going to end on walk-offs. And that's just a massive, a massive advantage to know that you have the last at bat heading into every game of a series. And it to me, it's very similar to going into a series with a game seven and saying, hey, get to a game seven and we can scrap it out. Um, and I think that'll be in Toronto's favor here. And I do think the Blue Jays maybe walk it off. I'm going to actually make a prediction. They walk it off in game three. I, honestly, I wouldn't be too surprised if that happened. I mean, we, we saw with Edwin Encarnacion in 2016, that was – that was pretty electric, uh, and I, I mean, I, yeah, I think home field advantage is a bit of a factor. Obviously, Seattle swept the four-game series in Seattle, so there is that, but I, I like Alex said, the Mariners have showed up all year against their tough opponents, so 
Yeah, that's going to be a good series. Moving on to the other American League series, we have the Cleveland Guardians uh, hosting the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, th- this is, you know, you have the AL Central champion Guardians, who I think nobody expected. They're the youngest team in the postseason. I, I, I None of us had them making the postseason. I think a lot of us had them coming in fourth, third or fourth in the AL Central uh, against the Rays, who a lot of us expected to contend, but they, it feels like they sort of took a step back this year after winning 100 games last year. What do we have going on here? So, okay. All right, go for it, Splash. Okay. Um, I think this is a little bit misleading. I know we have the, there's a, almost a Cinderella story with this Guardians team, and the Rays have kind of been there, done that. They have playoff heroes, the Rosa Reynas of the world. You have Wander Franco and <clears throat> good pitchers and whatnot, but – I, I think Cleveland should be able to handle business there. Their pitching staff has been really, really excellent lately. Um, they've had, they had four sh- pitchers make at least five starts in sept- since September 1st. They have ERAs of 244, Shane Bieber, 289, Cal Quantrill, 209, Tristan McKenzie, and 228, Cody Morris. The only like real starter out of that group that is not mentioned Aaron Savale a 3-3-80 ERA even Zach Plesak made a start a 1-9-3 ERA and then you close that off with the second best closer in baseball and Emmanuel Classe 12 saves in September an ERA of two more strikeouts than innings pitched um, I think the Guardians will have a great shot to <clears throat> stay Bieber get us through six or get us through seven give it to Karen Chak in the eighth and then all of a sudden you have Emmanuel Classe and you're you're really stuck. This is like what you'd think of with the Brewers last year, what I thought of at least with the Brewers, that you get six or seven innings from your starter because the Rays don't have this high-powered offense. It's very very akin to uh, the Mets, I would say, that they rely on putting the ball in play and baton passing, essentially. But the thing with the Mets is they have Pete Alonzo, right? They have a guy that can drive home three or four runs if you need him to. <clears throat> the, Bra- the the Rays, to me, don't offer that power aspect that other teams do. Um, the Rays and Guardians, I think, are both in the bottom five in home runs. So this is going to be a very quiet series to me with the bats. And I'll give the pitching advantage to Cleveland, especially in a short series, when you can say, hey, Karen Chak, hey, Classe, we're going to pitch you three days in a row and you're gonna, we're going to get three wins or we're going to get two wins out of those three games. Um, so I'm going to take Cleveland in a sweep here, 2-0. Yeah, in my case right now, I do think that uh, Cleveland is the better team at this point right now. One thing I want to give the Rays definitely a good shout for is uh, Randy Rosarena has proved that, if anything, he is good from September on. Like, rest of the year, not so much. He's fine. But from September on, he is a leader, and he is someone that the team can really rely on. We've seen it time and time again. That's why right now his OPS Plus at the moment, at the very least, uh, is right now at a 124. Overall, though, I have to agree here, though, with Splash, that you've got to give the pitching uh, advantage here to the Guardians who have, I mean, just – Tristan McKenzie, Shane Bieber, Cal Quantrill, even Zach Plesak in a three-game series. In a three-game series, just going with, again, going in that order of Bieber, McKenzie, Quantrill, or you can even mix up that order. You're still going to be fine. 
and then throwing guys like Karen Chak, like Classe, and even you know, even if you want to put Police Sacra Savali, like sorry, not Police, put Savali in the uh, bullpen for those. I mean, you're going to be very hard pressed to get any runs, and that's what's going to be, I think, the biggest key here is which whichever team scores early enough, I'm going to say, is probably going to be the team that wins it. But just looking at the direct numbers here for this one, I think the Guardians just outmatch. But I do need to make sure I make a point here and a little caveat to save myself for later, for later receipts. The Rays have shown that they are able to bust any sort of pre preconceptions about their team in the postseason. We've seen it time after time after time again. I mean, we still saw what happened between the Dodgers and the Rays. So I think overall right now, I still am going to pick the Guardians, but I would also not be surprised. I think that it's going to be two games, two games that the Guardians win it. But if it goes to three, then I'm going to say the Rays because they have a way of just pulling off that ending magic. I mean, you guys know how high I am on the Guardians. Uh, I the, Watching them play the last month, they looked like the best team in the AL. They were just unstoppable, it felt like. You know, all those games against their, their, you know, their AL Central rivals, and they just demolished them. You know, a lot of those games were not particularly close. And so they look great coming into the postseason. And the Rays have sort of been tripping to the finish line. You know, they – they, they've dealt with a lot of injuries this year. And to that pitching staff, I mean, Shane McClanahan, who looked like a Cy Young candidate all year, uh, and he was my preseason Cy Young pick, he, he's he been beat up with a shoulder problem a lot. So his numbers have taken a fall. And then you're, I, I, I think that, you know, Drew Rasmussen has been very good this year. And you, you know, veteran and Corey Kluber, and then the conglomerate of uh, bullpen arms, that they go to, you know, Jason Adam has been great this year. Uh, Brooks, Brooks Raley, he's been nice. You know, the Matt Whistler as a reliever all of a sudden has been good. Uh, Pete Fairbanks, ever since he came back, he's been really good. But then you just look at Cleveland. Cleveland's offense is well clear of them, in my opinion. You know, you got guys like Jimenez and Jose Ramirez, and Stephen Kwan, who's a great catalyst for the team. Josh Naylor's got some thump in his bat. Oscar Gonzalez, I've really liked watching Oscar Gonzalez this year. And plus, that starting rotation just seems more reliable with Bieber, McKenzie, and Quantrill at the, the top three. And then you probably go to Plesak for your uh, – in a longer series, you go to Plesak, and then, if necessary, Savale. But that's the thing is once you get those guys out of the game, well, good luck hitting that bullpen where you have Karen Chak, Eli Morgan, Trevor Steffen – or Stefan, sorry. Uh, Sam Hedges has been really good. And then Emmanuel Colasse has been basically unhittable all year. So I have the Guardians winning in two games. Uh, the Rays, un- unless they start scoring early, I can't see them winning. Uh, you guys got any other thoughts here? Uh, I do want to echo the Stephen Kwan love. I think Cleveland can manufacture runs. And you do have the superstar there and. Jose Ramirez, um, and you have one of the clutchest players in baseball this season, Josh Naylor, who's on these list of win probability added, championship win probability added. In the American League, at least, it's the Judges and the Otanis and the Trouts and the the usual suspects. 
And then it's Josh Naylor. He's in the top five, tops eight. Also, Andres Menez, just tons of really good pieces. And you have that centerpiece superstar in a Jose Ramirez who has played in big games before, uh, was on the 2016 uh, redacted team that was one game away from winning the World Series. So um, I, I do, I will take Cleveland. Um, I think these games will be kind of artificially close because Cleveland, I don't think is going to be able to score too many runs, but this could be the case of a three, one game that feels like it's eight, one because you're facing Karen Chack and Classe, or a four, two game that feels 14 to two because you're facing a really tough reliever core. So give me guardians in two. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, th- I think this, this seems like it'll be an easy series. Alex, do you have anything or, yeah, no, I was just going to add on to it that I do think that this I, I want to echo the statements that uh, Splash has made that it's going to feel artificially close. But for the for the analysts that watch the game, for the people that really know what they're looking at, the scores are going to be like, you know, three to two, two to one, maybe even two nothing. And they're going to look close. But anyone that watches it is just going to see how dominant one of the team is over it. So I think at this point right now, yeah, Guardians take it. But I will say, though, if it goes to three, my pick is Rays. Yeah, and I, I'm curious to see if, like, what the Rays' plan of attack is, especially if they do get to game three. I think it's pretty clear McClanahan and Rasmussen get those first two games. So anyway, moving right along to the National League side, we'll start with the Phillies heading to St. Louis to take on the Cardinals. The Phillies snapping that decade-long playoff drought would briefly be the longest playoff drought in baseball before they <laughs> clinched on Monday night. I, I think th- this is it, – it looks on paper, you'd think it's a lot more lopsided than it will actually be, but uh, what, what do you guys have? So I do start to lean in this series, um, like just gut reaction, I would pick the Phillies. But then you look at the calendar and it says October and you look at the team and it says St. Louis Cardinals on the chest. It has a Cardinal with the bat and the birds. Yeah. And you just think the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. And you just think, okay, David Eckstein is going to um, like inherit one of these souls essentially. And there's going to be some random person on the St. Louis Cardinals. I'm going to pull up their roster real quick and do a little devil voodoo here and pick who it's going to be but there's going to be someone on the cardinals that for some inexplicable reason will turn into prime Barry bonds and will destroy the phillies and look this is a phillies team with nola and wheeler and ranger suarez so they have three capable pitchers but the back end of the bullpen like we've said year after year after year i know david robinson's there now and you have some of these pieces that are a little bit better than they usually are but not quite but my my pick for which Cardinal is going to win this series and would be the wild card MVP, if you will, a la David Freeze. I'm going with a Lars Newt bar. I think he's going to come in and for some reason. Inexplic- took my pick. You took my pick. <laughs> <laughs> same, for some same. inexplicable reason. Hey, look, we're all in sync. Uh, for some inexplicable reason, Lars Newt bar is going to be the best player in this series. This is a series with former MVPs like Albert Pujols, uh, the about to be NL MVP, Paul Goldschmidt. Um, Bryce Harper on the other side, Kyle Schwarber led the NL in home runs on the other side. 
Reese Hoskins on the other side. JT Romuto has been the best player in the National League since July 1st. There's so many good players in this series, but it's going to be some goofy Lars Newtbar is going to be the, the is going to be the pallbearer for the Phillies this week. Um, Tommy Edmond is also going to have that infield devil magic. So every double play will be turned. I don't care how soft it's hit or how hard it's hit, or if Edmonds playing third base and it's hit to the first baseman, Edmond will make the play. Um, I'm going to take the Cardinals two one here. This is another one. I think this could be just a walk off Cardinals win two one. Remember the last time the Phillies made the playoffs, they probably had a better team than the 2011 Cardinals, but they got Chris Carpenter in game five. Um, they allowed, I think, if I remember correctly, Roy Halladay or Cliff Lee, whichever ace, allowed one run in the first inning of game five. Chris Carpenter said, thank you very much, and proceeded to shut the door in the first inning. Um, so this is a, the Cardinals devil magic knows no bounds in, other than the Washington Nationals for some reason. Um, so uh, give me the Cardinals 2-1 and pseudo MVP of the series, Lars Newtbar. I just want to ask whoever uh, knows this, how conflicted would Kevin GOHD be if the World Series was Toronto Blue Jays versus Cardinals and Lars Newbar hits the game-winning home run? How conflicted do you think Kevin would be at that point? I mean, <laughs> I... I have no... I, I, I don't know if there's a way to answer that. That's the thing. There is no, no way to answer it. <laughs> That's a joke on this. At that point, there would either be only love or hate coming from that amazing Canadian. Anyway, uh, I mean, I look at this series, and I'm with you. I think that they, the Cardinals have just found ways to have everyone be – is I have just some random person be the guy that just turns into the GOAT. I mean, it, there's a reason why I still remember the, the name David Freeze. But I look at the teams right now, and honestly, I don't see much comparison here. The Philadelphia Phillies are a good team. They've got some really good names to it. Again, JT Realmuto is still one of the best catchers in all of baseball. I mean, you still have Bryce Harper, who is Bryce Harper. And, you know, pitching staff that is not half bad. I mean, they've got, you've got Nola. You've got guys like Zach Wheeler. And in the bullpen as well, Jose Al- um, Alvarado has been dominant as of late, and Sir Anthony Dominguez hasn't been pitched bad, uh, hasn't pitched badly either. But when it comes down to it, the I just think the Cardinals are the better team overall. Looking at what they're able to do, having just the magic of Bueno, Yaddy, Pujols. Altogether, will not let the dream end here in the wild card round. That and Lars Newbar will hit 16 home runs in the series. I don't know how it's going to happen, but he will find a way. But yeah, right now, I think at this point in round, just looking at the teams, pitching wise, hitting wise, I pick on this one, the Cardinals are going to win it. And I don't think it's even going to be close. I think it's going to be a two game series. So I, I actually think it's going to be a three game series and only because. I think the Phillies are going to start Aaron Nola in the first game. And I think if there's one pitcher on their team that can counteract the devil magic, it's going to be him. He's a guy who, you wouldn't believe me, he, he struck out, I believe, 235 batters and only walked 29. That's a ridiculous strikeout-to-walk ratio. I, I think, honestly, Aaron Nola has become underrated because, I you know, when you think of the Phillies, you do not think of pitching. But him and Zach Wheeler have been 
have, have just been stalwarts. Although the thing is that Wheeler has been injured a bit lately. And so all of a sudden there is a question mark there, you know, can you like, what, what are we going to see from Ranger Suarez if we see game three or Kyle Gibson or, you know, Zach Eflin's in the bullpen now. So what about him? You know, Bailey Falter, is he really the answer? And I just think the, the you know, while the Phillies have their star power with Bryce Harper and JT Real Muto, they, they just, and I guess, you know, Kyle Schwarber leads the, leads the NL with 46 homers, but he's also struck out 199 times and just only hit 219. So an 830 OPS, but this team is just too inconsistent. So they're either going to come out just absolutely gangbusters and sweep the series or they're going to fall flat. And it's just, it's the Cardinals in October. Like you said, Splash, we've seen, I, I they've missed the playoffs, I think like four, five times total in my lifetime. Yeah, the Cardinals are not step, are not going to back down in this series. Cardinals win in three games. Aaron Nola wins game one. Cardinals break their hearts in game two and three. All right. Uh, any, any other thoughts before we move to the next, uh, next wild card? I have a miniature trivia question for you guys. There have oh been fi- there have been fifteen National League teams that have finished at the bottom of the National League standings since nineteen ninety. Can you name which team has not? It's the Cardinals. That is correct. Do you know how <laughs> yeah, long it's there's been? There's no way. Since they last gonna... finished last. Nineteen forty. Nineteen eighteen. I need. Oh my god. Uh, well. Yeah, that's the thing. The Cardinals just consistently have a lot of good teams. I think they've only had one losing season since I was born, which I believe was in 2007. But every, I mean, they're, they're just perennially good. Like, I, I almost, I would say they're like the Yankees of the National League, but they don't spend as much as the Yankees or the Dodgers. So, yeah, wow, that's a, that's a crazy stat. Um, yeah, that's insane. 1918. Although, ironically wow. enough, they were um, last in 07, 08, and 1913 but like even the only time they finished bottom of their division i believe is 1990 when they were still in the nl east because even like the nl central they were always higher than sixth when houston was there and they've been fourth or higher every single season since houston left there's a lot of first places here there's a lot of well bright blue text saying they won the world series too yeah, well, they, they have the second most behind the Yankees, so that makes sense. Anyways, let's move on to our final wild card round, uh, which is my New York Mets hosting the San Diego Padres at City Field. The Mets, uh, as I'm sure everyone knows by now, has they won their 100th game last night. Uh, they just, you know, they, they led then at least for almost all the season until those darn Braves, you know, those Braves who played 114 win pace, baseball for four months uh decided to crash the party as as it always seems to happen because that's baseball i guess anyway mets face the padres guys what what do we have going on here so i know mets fans don't like you darvish because you darvish turns into uh prime randy johnson against them uh but i i do think the mets are the better team here um, the Padres have struggled to score runs, even with Bell, even with Soto, even with Drury, even with Machado. They're not this – they're a good team, but they're, they always leave you wanting more, and that, to me, that is going to be an issue come playoff time. While this Mets team has, you know, two of the best five 
starting pitchers in baseball, DeGrom, Scherzer, you have Diaz. This is a very Guardians-y team um, with the the one superstar power-wise, at least, in the lineup, plus a lot of guys that can just get on base. I know Mets fans have mixed feelings about guys like Brandon Nimmo, Eduardo Escobar, Mark Canna, but guys like that work the count. They get on base. They screw with the opponent and – you know, as we saw in the Mets Braves series, sometimes all it takes is a guy getting on first to screw up your entire psyche and allow a two-run home run to Dansby Swanson. Um, but you have this Padres team that <clears throat> I don't necessarily trust them in a big spot. I've never trusted the Padres in a big spot. You can say, well, Soto is a good player. Machado is a great player. or Both of them are great players. Drury's been fine since coming over. Luke uh, Luke Foyt's on the national, sorry. Jerkson Profar's had a solid season. Trent Grisham is solid defensively. But I will take the Mets. I don't necessarily think it'll be a sweep, but it, it's tough when it's a three-game series. So if a team wins, it's either two games or three games. If this was a longer series, like, say, a five-game series, <clears throat> I would take Mets in four, but that's not an option here. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Mets in three, but... I think it's a pretty a pretty uneventful game three. I think this is the Mets get a couple hits, uh, maybe not quite as good as they were against the Nationals with the back-to-back-to-back home runs to start, but like a Lindor two-run shot in the first inning and you win 6-1. So I'll take the Mets in three, but I think the Mets are a little bit better than just 2-1 over the Padres. I'm on the same kind of idea that I do think it goes to three, but really it's not close. I think that the only reason why the Mets are here is just because of the torrent pace of the Braves. Like the only reason why they are a wildcard team is because the, the Braves decided to play baseball at God's level. But and to be fair at that point, that means that the poor beneficiaries of that, or I should say malbeneficiaries of this are the, par- the Padres. The Padres were a team that we were all saying are going to be one of the best teams in baseball. But And yes, they have played better as of late. But realistically, I still just don't think it's worth it. I don't think it's, it's close even at this point. I think what you're going to see here is first game probably is going to go to the Padres, with, like you said, with you, Darvish. But after that... I think you're just going to be hearing at the end of the the next two games, you're just going to be hearing Timmy Trumpet going and blasting the horn as Edwin Diaz does what Edwin Diaz do, being the best closer in all of baseball. I do not care what anyone says about that because it is also true. <laughs> um, Brett. <sighs> Mets win it. Like Mets are advancing to the DS and sorry, Brit as like, stop Sorry, Padres fans, but. I'm not even making it close. It is going to be three games, but that's only because of you, Darvish. Yeah, and obviously, well, winning game one is imperative for the Mets, I think. But even even so, I mean, that's the thing is you have guys on the Padres roster like Machado and like Juan Soto who that you, you see the talent there on the roster. They just uh, – Machado's performing. Juan Soto isn't. They don't have Fernando Tatis. You know, I, I think their pitching staff is all right, but Joe Musgrove has struggled lately, I feel like. Or, you know, he hasn't been as good as he was earlier in the season. He's still a fine pitcher, but, you know, I think, you know, you probably go Darvish game one, and I'm hearing Blake Snell game two, Joe Musgrove game three. I just – you look at this up and down 
uh, you know, Padres bullpen is kind of not, it's not as great necessarily as the Mets bullpen. The Mets bullpen's actually been good. Contrary to what the fan base will tell you, the Mets bullpen has been objectively good this year and extends just not just, it's not just Edwin Diaz. Adovino has been great. Seth Lugo has been much better this year. Uh, Joely Rodriguez has pitched better lately. David Peterson's nice as a reliever. So, yeah, I have the Mets winning this in two games. You have Scherzer going game one. If they win, it's probably Bassett game two, DeGrom game three, uh, if there is a game three. So, yeah, I have the Mets winning in two games. So, anyway, let's move on. So, for the division series and the championship series, we're just going to go you know, a bit more of a rapid-fire type thing So because we do have one uh, trivia segment at the end of the show. So, let's start uh, NLDS, uh, NLDS 1. Let's go with that. So, that's the uh, – Whoever the Dodgers face, whoever you have facing the Dodgers, let's go with that. Uh, Dodgers and four. Uh, wait, wait, whoa, 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 slow down, slow down, slow down. So Dodgers, Mets, yes. Dodgers, Mets, Dodgers, Mets. That's uh, what Mets, I have, yeah. Mets and five. Ooh, yeah. I'm going to say, uh, sorry, sorry, Mac, but I got Dodgers in this one. I'm gonna yeah, say I'm gonna... four. Okay, that's a bold prediction. Uh, I, it's not that bold prediction. It's just the one thing I will say here is that the Mets, I, I've been saying all along the Mets and the Braves are the only teams equipped to beat the Dodgers, and the Mets handled the Dodgers pretty well in the regular season. Plus, I'd rather face the Dodgers in a five-game series than a seven-game series. So I have the Mets in five as well. Let's go to the other side of the bracket. Braves against, I think we all picked the Cardinals. Uh, Braves in four. Braves and okay, four. Braves and four. Okay. Uh, and the, here's the thing is I want to say the Braves, but in the back of my mind, I have that Cardinals October magic in my head. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm going to be the contrarian here. I have the Cardinals and five. Do not mention <laughs> the last time the Cardinals and Braves played a game five or else I will go through your computer and kick you from this group. <laughs> Are you Damn. threatening uh, to DOS back? <laughs> yes. Okay, then. Anyway. <laughs> Let's go back. Let's go over to the AL side. We have the ALDS one. We have Houston against, I believe it's either Seattle or Toronto. Uh, Houston Uh, and four, please. Fair, fair enough. Alex, I know this is a tough one for you. So (laughs) Uh, that's the do I go with what my analyst brain is telling me or do I go with what my heart is telling me? And this one hurts. It really hurts. Um, screw it. Mariners in five. Mariners in five. Wow. Okay. I. You know. I'm, I'm saying I'm, they got it. it. I, they're gonna okay, do it. I, it's gonna. It's I, gonna happen. Know, I didn't expect anything different there. So, uh, <laughs> look at anyways. this one right now. To give everyone kind of an idea, this is the two-year anniversary of what when the first time that I came on and did Cheap Seats Chatter. On that podcast, yep. it was also a, a breaking down the divisions or breaking down the playoff brackets where I predicted that the Marlins would go all the way <laughs> yes, through the purely Marlins. just because it was a funny take. I'm not going to mention uh, a certain person anymore yes. that was on it but it was uh <laughs> one of the greatest moments in csc history if you want to go look back through our, our spotify i'm pretty sure it's still on there somewhere oh yeah it definitely but, is yeah uh so at this point right now i might be bringing you back to my old uh homer brain slash my old i'm doing it for the pop brain also just my own wishful thinking <laughs> 
right. Well, honestly, I I respect I respect your choice there. I have the Astros winning in four. I think the Astros top to bottom are the best team in the American League. So there's that. Moving on to the other side of the bracket, we all picked the Guardians. They'll face the Yankees. Uh, what do we have over there? Uh, Yankees in four. Hey, Yankees in four. Uh, uh, Alex, what do you got going on? I'm going to be the contrarian here. I'm going to say Guardians in five. I think that the Guardians have played some amazing baseball as of late, and the Yankees have been kind of sputtering a little bit. So I'm going to take Guardians. Yeah, and I, I'm actually going to agree with you. I have the Guardians in five as well. And just I've, I've been saying it all along. The Guardians really remind me of the 2021 Braves. So I have the Guardians winning in five games. Splash gave me an adverse reaction, I feel like. And um, I I wonder there. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I, I, I don't necessarily see the comparison, but go with it. You know, it's like, you know, a, a team that, you know, up for most of the year, no, none of us had changed our, you know, or none of us had making the playoffs. I mean, last year, the Braves were at 500 for most of the year, you know, and then got hot. I think the same thing has happened with the Guardians. And, you know, I, I think they're sort of similar teams, except the Guardians didn't have a superstar Terra's ACL. So that that's the one thing. Anyway, that leads us to the championship series starting the NL uh Alex and I both, or sorry, Splash and I both picked the Mets. Uh, so I, th- I believe Splash and I have, Splash has Mets Braves. I have Mets Cardinals. Alex, you have Dodgers Braves. Uh, what, what do we, what do you have happening? Um, I will go Braves in six over the Metropolitans. I have uh, Braves also going to the World Series. I will also going to say uh, in six. All right, and I'm I'm gonna take Alex's spot here uh, because I've I've got the Mets, uh, Mets being the Cardinals. <laughs> I, I have the the Mets enacting their revenge uh, for 2006 in this series. The Mets win this in six games. Uh, AL side, what do we got? Uh, I have the Astros over the Yankees in six games. Alex, again, a tough, a tough one for you. So, what do you got? Seattle. I have Seattle and Guardians overall in my in what is probably going to be the weirdest American League Championship Series to date, and for a, in a hot minute. But you know what? I have a little bit of reasoning for what I'm saying here, and that is that the Mariners have been built for deep postseason runs and for a very much a deeper play in this. So, I'm going to say Mariners in seven. Mariners are going to the World Series this year. Okay. Wow. Uh, so, hey, look, I have a reason for it. At least this yeah, time. No, no, last no, one was a hundred. Last I, one was a hundred percent. Let's have some fun here. This time, know, there's actually some reason. I'm not, I, you know, I, I'm just messing with you. You know. Uh, uh, no, I know. I know. You're, you're fine. I, 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 I sort of made my my you know my pick too. So uh, anyway, uh, AL side. Uh, as much as I want to keep say the Guardians keep going, I just I don't think anyone can stop Houston in the American League. I have Houston being the Guardians in six games so that leads us to the world series we all i think all have different brackets here so splash uh give us your world series and uh, uh, tell us your world series mvp too by the way um i have the houston astros defeating the atlanta braves in six games um and justin verlander winning world series mvp so I have a matchup that would make a 13-year-old me very sad and conflicted because Braves were my second team. 
And uh, notice how I said were splash. Uh, <laughs> keyword there. Very keyword there, even though I did make money recently on the Braves. Anyway, um, the Mariners and the Braves in the World Series still also just makes me happy to say, but for the same logic I had earlier, the Mariners are built for a deep run with their starting pitching. Seattle Mariners are win the World Series calling it right now. Boom, let's go. So, yeah, my – my oh, wait, uh, World World Series MVP, uh, uh, Alex. Julio, 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 Julio. I mean, come on, it's Julio. Yes. That and Kyle Raleigh, both are going to be co-MVPs. Co-MVPs, I love it. Yes. Both are hitting four homers, we're winning this. <laughs> All right, and then my pick. Uh, so I, I have the Mets and the Astros, and I know that the Astros were the one team that made the Mets look completely overmatched in the regular season. Uh, this is a very, very, very tough for me to pick, but I'm sticking my guns. Mets beat the Astros in seven games. World Series MVP, I'm going with Mark Canna. Something tells me Canna's going to have a massive postseason. You know, it's not always the superstars that – end up winning the the series MVP. You know, in 1986, it was Ray Knight. In 69, it was Don Clendenin. I think it's going to be Mark Canna in 2022. Also, I just thought I would go back real quick and look at our preseason predictions. So uh, so this is division by division. The AL East, we all had Tor- Toronto. NL East, we all had the Braves. AL Central, splash pick the Tigers. Uh, You're going to get doxxed there, buddy. <laughs> Alex and I both picked the White Sox, so we all struck out there. No, yeah, we NL all Central, that one. It's okay. NL Central, I picked the freaking Cubs, and I still have no clue why I did that. I think I just Wait, wanted to I be a contrarian. Huh? You guys both pick picked the Brewers. Oh, okay. I got you. Uh, the NLS, obviously, we all picked the Dodgers. The wild cards, uh, Splash in the AL, you had the Rays, Mariners, and Yankees. Alex, you had the Astros, Yankees, and Red Sox. Uh, I had the Rays, Astros, and Red Sox. And then in the NL, we all had the Mets for wild card one. Splash and I had the Giants as wild card two. Alex, you had the Padres. And then wild card three, uh, Splash had the Cardinals. I had the Padres, and Alex had the Giants. So, And then, yeah, all of our World Series winners were the Blue Jays. I think, yeah, I'm looking at it. Uh, Alex and I had Blue Jays Dodgers and Splash had Blue Jays Braves. So we actually got a lot of the postseason teams right. We didn't just didn't get all the just not the right order. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So we, it, you know, you get probably like half credit for that. Anyways, we, I like, I, I said we had trivia to do. So Alex, our uh, trivia master, is going to do the trivia now. I do. And it's fairly short trivia because we've already had a pretty long show. So I'll make sure we make this fairly brief. I have 10 questions for you, and the name of this trivia route is That Mariner Baby Can Drink. And the reason why I have that is that between the time that the Seattle Mariners last clinched the playoffs and this year clinched the playoffs was over 21 years. So if the baby was born the last time the Mariners clinched, September 19th of 2001, they would have been old enough to have a beer watching the Mariners clinch in 2022. So, with that in mind, I have 10 
events slash tech things slash just normal things that all I need you to tell me whether or not they are older or younger than the last time the Mariners made the playoffs. And here's how we're going to do it. I am going to flip my phone here. Let's go do that. And we're going to do this a lot like what uh, Splash, you did it with in the Battle of uh, Trivia, where I'm going to give you uh, whoever's turn it is the, the thing, and then you tell me whether or not you want to play or pass it. Okay? So I'm going to flip my phone right now. Heads, Matt gets first pick. Uh, Tails, uh, Splash gets the first. All right? So flipping... It is tails. So splash, you get the first pick. So what happens with it is I'm just going to read you the question, read you the thing at the very least. And you need to tell me whether or not it is older or younger than the last time the Mariners closed their playoff spot, September 19th, 2001. Are you ready? All right. So the very first thing, Google, are you playing or passing? Uh, I will play. Okay. Older or younger? Uh, Google can, Google can drink. Google can't. So you're saying older? Yes. Yep, that is correct. It's a point for Splash here. Older. September 4th, 1998 is when Google came to be. So now to Mag. This, unlike in the Battle of, I'm going to, I'm not going to just be a continue go through. I'm going to switch back and forth because if you get it uh, wrong, the other person gets the points. So Mac, for the next one, the first YouTube video is made and posted. You gonna play or pass? I'm gonna play. Okay. Younger. That is correct. Yep. YouTube. The first YouTube video was made in April on April 23rd of 2005. I figured so that. I'm just getting a couple of things put together here. So, oops, one. I'm trying to make sure I'm keeping track of who has what. I'm going to use blue for Mac for your Mets and I'll use red for Splash for your Braves because I care about you guys. All right, Splash. The next one up. The Nintendo GameCube is released. Player pass. I will play. Okay. The Nintendo GameCube can drink. All right. So you're saying older, make it sure. That is correct. By five days, the GameCube was released on September fourteenth, two thousand one. My favorite, my favorite gaming system, right there. So <laughs> definitely one of my favorites too. <laughs> yeah. All my favorite games um, are on the GameCube. I mean, GameCube is just an incredible system. Not trying to just play up to where I work for, but no, the GameCube is definitely one of my favorites. All right, Mac, your next one. The first iPod is released. My first iPod. I'll play. Okay. Oh, Jesus, man, that's iPod. I'm going to say that is older. Lock that Point in. Point for Splash. It is what? younger. October 23rd, 2001. Oh, come on. Okay. All right, Splash, you now have a lead right now, three to one. Your next one, the Toyota Prius. Is released in the US. Uh, I'm going to say the Toyota Prius. I'm going to so play. Are you playing or passing by the way? Play. Oh, I'm going to say the Toyota Prius cannot drink, so it's younger. 
That is incorrect. The Prius was released in the U.S. in 1997. The first Prius. So that is a point for Mac. All right, Mac, your turn. The next one up here. And this one might be a bit of a lamp is how I've ordered these. Mariners all-star Julio Rodriguez. That is barely older. Barely by older. Like, by is... like, yeah, like nine months, I'm pretty sure. It's 10 months, but you are correct. Yes. All right. Tied at three. Splash. The next one. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone movie release. Older. Are you playing or passing? I will play and I will go. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone can drink. That is incorrect. November 14th, 2001. So, That's Mac, it's crazy. I know it's amazing. I would have thought it's that came get, out in the 90s. And it's going to get even worse right now. Here you go, Mac. Yours, the Leaning Tower of Pisa in Italy is reopened to the public. What? Um, I'm passing all this because I have no answer here. <laughs> all right. Splash older or younger than the Mariner playoff uh, drought that has now recently ended. Okay, uh, I'm going to play, obviously. You have uh, the, to, you have to. The reopening in the Leaning Tower of Pisa is younger than the Seattle Mariners playoff drought. That is correct. December of 2001. All right, this is a tight game. Sorry, with two questions left. Splash, this one, I gave Mac a bit of a layup. Now it's time for your bit of a layup. The Montreal Expos play their final MLB game. Uh, player pass. I will play. Uh, they last played in 2004. So the um, the Mariners playoff drought is uh, the Montreal, the Washington Nationals would not be able to drink. Yep, that is correct. Yep. To October 3rd, 2004 is the last game on record for the Montreal Expos. So now looking at the scores here through nine. Splash, you have four. Mac, ha- I'm sorry, you have five. And Splash, you have four. So, Mac, it comes down to this last one. Wait, so I have four and he has five? Yes, correct. Okay, yeah, all right, sounds good. All right, so all right. this last one, you still get to decide whether or not you to play or pass. Okay. The 2001 Mars Odyssey space probe reaches Mars orbit. What in the world? Oh, a lot's uh, happened in 21 years. Yeah, I know. Oh my god. Um, I'm going to pass because I have no clue again. All right, Splash. the the uh, The decision is in your hands. Your destiny is within your grasp. All right. Um. So you notice my background. It is the mm-hmm. the globe. So I should be able to get this. I'm I going really to say, so. um. The Mars rover uh, reaching Mars could drink now. It is older. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a tie. As wow. the, key, the key of this one, the key in this one was that it reached Mars orbit because if you, if I went with when it was originally launched, it would have been older. But the day that it reached Mars orbit was October 24th, 2001. So, 
Damn. Now that puts me in a weird position because yeah, was, what's, put, what's our tiebreaker? This is a tie. So for a tiebreaker, hmm, how do I want to do this? I had an idea. <sighs> yeah, I guess you weren't expecting this, but so I, 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 I was kind of expecting this because I know you guys, but I made this for my actual trivia job where we only have 10 questions and there's no tiebreakers. So, okay. Okay, while you think, I have a trivia question for Matt. Yeah, go for it. I'm going to be thinking about this for a second. Great. Uh, what? Hit me. Name an active MLB player that could not drink in this situation. Francisco Alvarez, dude. Correct. Francisco I'm very sad that I'm now... Yeah. Now there are players younger than I am. Very, very sad. It's what him and Gunnar Henderson, who are the two ones younger than you, something like that. Maybe, yeah, maybe one other player. Because for a while it was Harris, who was two days older than I am. Yeah, and Wander is eight days older than I am. Yeah, uh, Francisco Alvarez. I, 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 watching him play is really fun. I love his swing a oh. lot. And darn, he's no longer on pace to accumulate negative 16.2 baseball reference war. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, I, I love the on-pace stat so much. That was, I that was my Trevor favorite Story, thing. man. Oh, he was on pace for what? 243 homers. That's right. <laughs> Through his first four games. Uh, uh, good times. So, uh, okay. Uh, this I'm is... still working on a... I'm still working on a... On a... Uh, backup. I am truly sorry. Uh, no I, worries. Matt Olson uh, was on pace for sixty plus doubles for a chunk of the year. Yeah, and so was uh, well, Nick Castellanos almost hit sixty. He hit, hit fifty eight doubles. Yeah, he gets the weird italicized but not bolded text on baseball. Yeah, because records. he got traded. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> um. Oh, did you know that Matt Olson and Freddie Freeman have um the essentially the same WAR per dollar? amount what yeah so olsen is being paid 15 million dollars this year freeman's being paid 27 million dollars freeman has 5.8 baseball reference war matt olsen is 3.3 so it's about a a 4.5 million dollar per war so the bang for the buck is pretty much the same yeah okay you know i think i do have a tiebreaker now all right let's go here we go all right so for this one, it's going to be I, – I had to come to this up very much on the fly, so I apologize if it's a little bit weird. Um, I have one question yep. that I will give a uh, – that I will give a little bit of a, a little bit of leeway for. But I'm uh, – okay, Splash, you won the coin toss, so I'm going to give this choice to Mac. Okay. Mac. Here is the category. I will give you the category. You got to tell me play or pass. Okay? Alrighty. The category for this is uh, dead last. Dead last? What do you mean? That's the name of the category, and that's all I'm going to give you. I'm going to play here. I, 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 okay. I'm not going to go down looking. Okay, sounds good. So, for dead last, with a uh, give or take of one. All right. So there are three different numbers you can get with this. How okay. many times since 2001 has Seattle finished at the bottom of the division? Okay, that's a good question. I, I, I think I, I'm going to do the, do some thinking here because I, 
Okay. I know for a while the AL West only had four teams, so that made it that easier to come in last. So I believe. All right. Uh, I okay. I I think I know the okay. Um, all right. I was like, I have two. the exact answer here, but you just need to. I will even give like a leeway of one on either side. Okay. That's so I'm 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 thinking thinking. See, oh four, I believe. Oh, what if we both made guesses and we both sent them to you privately? Yeah, that's fine. If you guys both want to do it, that'd be fun too. Okay. Actually, yeah, let's do that. So while we're like so while they're doing that, I'm gonna say a couple things here just to just to kind of fill in the air a little bit. We apologize again for how unprofessional this probably all looks. Um if you meant to send that to everybody, then that's... that is that is a fake answer. I'm trying to throw Mac off the scent. <laughs> Fair enough. We have a little chat we use, by the way, just so for the audio people that are listening to this. Um, right now for Seattle, I think that overall this is going to be a very interesting postseason. Right now, this team is hungry for wins, and they have shown that even in the weirdest of scenarios, they can truly play some incredible ball. And even what we saw yesterday, where you know I was at the doubleheader for Seattle against uh, Detroit, and yes, Detroit is not the best team out there in fact they are uh their splashes uh pick for the american league central but that did not happen it's fine no worries hey we've all made mistakes i'm picking the mirrors to win it all that's not gonna happen but um as much as i would love it to i the one thing that's really worrying me right now is all the injuries that are occurring here at the end of the season right now sam haggerty is heard more likely going to miss the entire playoffs Jesse Winker is out right now with a neck injury. And even uh, Dylan Moore yesterday got hit with a 93-mile-per-hour pitch in the hand. And he stayed in the game for a little bit longer. But it, uh, hmm. it's going to be interesting to see here. I think this team has a ton of fight in them, and it's really going to come down to the pitching. All right, I have both of the answers in here, and I have to get rid of the one – Giveaway on both sides because you're both answering too. So I'm gonna go with whoever was closest. And okay. we did have one that was right on the money. The answer is eight times. Splash, what? splash is the winner of this eight trivia times. Game. That's a W, so, my friends. So to give all the years since 2001, what it all happened, the first it's yeah. 2004, 2005, 2006, all in sequence, mind you. Then 2008, 2010, 2011, 2012, again in sequence, and 2013, all in sequence, and then 2015, and then 2019. Wait, hold up. 2013, the Astros were in the division. Oh, yeah, no, sorry, not 2013. My apologies. I misread that one. My apologies. Yeah, no, not 2013. 2012, though. Yes, still. Okay, wow. So that's um, still eight. They finished behind the A's in 2015? <laughs> yes, sir. Wow, okay. That was... Uh, wasn't okay, 2015, well, like, the A's? Wasn't the, weren't the 2015 A's? Uh, wasn't that the year awful. that they... Did they do all four? I thought that was the year that they came back and won a wildcard spot or something. No, that was the year they, that, 2014 was the year they went all in and failed. Oh, 2015 was, was the year Kansas they ran all over off. Them. Like, yeah, that was the year they sold off Donaldson and Casimir and like their entire All Star cast. So yeah, that Steven was, Vogt that was, was on that team. No, 
Yeah, Stephen Vogt made an all-star team in 2015 and World 2016. champion Stephen Vogt. Yeah, Stephen Vogt. Uh, I'm a big fan of Stephen Vogt. Uh, but anyways, uh, thank you, Alex, for that. That was actually a lot of fun. I was not expecting it to be like that. But uh, <laughs> I guess when, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad we, we've done now, I guess, three straight Mariners-related uh, trivia segment. I'm sorry. Good. <laughs> I, I know my Seattle no. Mariners. <laughs> no, no, you, you don't have to apologize for anything. That was a lot of. I, I, I like that we did three straight like that. Um, I so, mean, right yeah. now they are the story right now. So. I promise yeah, I'm not going to do Braves trivia next. You okay? I mean, you well, should at this point. <laughs> honestly, I'm fine with whatever trivia topic we come up with. So, uh, that, uh, so that that basically do, does it for all of us. Uh, Playoffs are here. By the time we next record, we will have an outcome for the wild card round. So we'll probably have more prediction type things now that we have, we'll have more results on the board. So that's where we are. I believe the NLDS begins on Tuesday. So look forward to that. Thank you for joining us for the regular season. That was a lot of fun. That was our second straight full season we had uh, uninterrupted by the world shutting down and all that. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you to Splash and Alex for joining us all it's all year long. Uh, so there, there we go with that. And of course, make sure to follow us on Twitter. Make sure to follow myself at Matthias underscore a underscore K. Make sure to follow Alex at the sports guy two, four, two, and make sure to follow Splash at Mr. Splashman 19. So for everyone at cheap seats chatter, thank you for listening. And I hope to see you all real soon. <laughs>